Clemson Dubcast. Friday, November 4th. Another beautiful day in upstate South Kakalaki. A reminder, if you haven't listened to last week's podcast with Charlie Whitehurst, you must do so. An absolute treasure, that conversation was. Also, if you're not a subscriber to TigerIllustrated.com, right now is a perfect time to do it. we got tons of great stuff getting you ready for the big game in South Bend tomorrow night. Should be exciting. My good friends Blake Smith and Brooke Archenhold have been part of the podcast since the beginning, way back in August of 2018. They have an accomplished team of personal injury attorneys at Parm Smith and Archenhold based in Greenville. They are Clemson people and their skillful attorneys have decades of experience in complicated litigation matters, taking a special interest in medical malpractice, nursing home abuse and neglect, car accident cases that have left the individuals involved in serious trouble. For a free consultation at Parm Smith and Archenhold, call 864-990-458 one or online at parhamlaw.com. That's P-A-R-H-A-M law.com. Solero Communications, formerly known as Tandem Payment, is a full-service integrated electronic payments provider powered by leading-edge technology. Solero provides a wide array of merchant solutions, simplified payments. They make onboarding, taking payments, maintaining risk management and compliance, and getting support quick and easy. At Solero, they're all about helping you achieve sustainable growth as a business. Taking payments isn't the only thing your business needs. With Solero's solutions, you can manage inventory, sell products and services via social media, schedule staff, track sales, get reports, and much, much more. Find out more about Solero at solerocommerce.com. That's C-E-L-E-R-O commerce.com. Another loyal supporter of the Dubcast is Blackacre Law Firm in Greenville, a subsidiary of Parm Smith and Archenthold. Blackacre helps South Carolina residents achieve their dreams of home ownership by providing experienced, professional representation for real estate closings. Attention to detail is crucial in real estate law. Blackacre is committed to making sure nothing gets by them preparing residential or commercial closings. Blackacre also offers estate planning services for their clients in the Greenville area. Find out more about Blackacre at 864-326-3507. Football season is grilling season and Jack Oliver's Pool Spa and Patio is South Carolina's premier source for the big three. Weber, Traeger, and Big Green Egg Grills. Blackstone Griddles too. I'm Jack Oliver. Grill all your tailgate favorites to perfection with a premium gas, charcoal, or pellet grill, then top it all off with something sizzling from your Blackstone griddle. For grills, griddles, patio furniture, hot tubs, and saunas, shop in store or online at Jack Oliver's Pool Spa and Patio, Forest Drive in Columbia, and jackoliverpools.com. I'm Josh Burrell, receiver and running back for the Florida State Seminoles. When I'm back home in the Midlands, I enjoy grilling and relaxing with my family, and we get everything we need from Jack Oliver's Pool Spa and Patio. Thanks, Josh. I'm Jack Oliver, and we proudly offer the Big Green Egg, Weber, and Traeger Grills, Blackstone Griddles, and beautiful patio furniture, too. We're located at 3303 Forest Drive in Columbia and online at jackoliverpools.com. And we deliver. They're good people. Go see them today. Okay, to our conversation with Tyler Venables, of course, son of Brent Venables. Visited with him earlier this week, and we went into a lot of different topics, uh, including some really deep topics. Great stuff. Here we go. Enjoy. All right. Joined by Tyler Venables, uh, who's being very gracious with his time. How you doing, man? Appreciate you joining us. Good. Glad to be here. Um, I don't really know where to start, but I was just uh, talking sort of off the air about um, a couple, I guess, three years ago, two and a half years ago. Uh, your dad um, was willing to share his story with with, with me and TigerIllustrated.com. And um, just I had a really good relationship with him over the years. Um, I guess sometimes it's hard to develop a relationship with somebody who's such a caveman <laughs> behind the walls of a, a, of a football uh, building. But what is, what is this year, I guess, I guess, 10 months been like for you um as as your whole family's gone over to to, to back to oklahoma and 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 not that being here is a bad thing necessarily but it's just kind of a fascinating angle to the story that i'd like to explore yes it's 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 been good um you know making that decision was kind of hard uh back in december of last year um but um you know i just haven't really regretted it um but of course we you know, have our moments with our families, um, where we, you know, you gotta kind of sometimes you gotta move on, uh, and then, you know they've been there and, and I've been here, um, but I've you know I really felt myself grow uh, within this program, uh, you know under Coach Winnie's leadership, 
Um, but, uh, you know, just kind of staying connected with the family, trying to FaceTime as much as possible, um, you know, in our small windows that we get. Uh, but, you know, just really see myself grown. Mm-hmm. I, I, I saw um, you did an inter- some interviews, I guess, a couple of weeks ago. And you said when you, you and your dad talk, it's through FaceTime, but that you don't talk football. That that really interested me. Yeah, we. I mean, you know, probably bits and pieces, a tiny bit, if that. Um, you know, but you know, I'm sure he's exhausted from it whenever he gets his op- wind- windows open, and you know, I am too. So we like our time. Um, you know, you know, off the field, quote unquote, I guess. Um, but yeah, just kind of talking. You know, what what'd you do today? You know, how's your life? Uh, How's class? We talk a lot about class. Um, so, yeah, you know, just kind of, you know, the day-to-day process instead of really, you know, what we're going to run against, you know, insert team here or whatever mm-hmm. or how, you know, how we're fitting this or something. So we don't really talk about that. Um, you know, I'm, I, I really just ask him, you know, how his building of a program is doing and stuff like that and how my sisters are, how my mom's doing. Um, so really just questions like that. One of the most, I guess, memorable images to me after he took the Oklahoma job was uh, when the plane came and got him, and, and it lands in Norman, and he's greeted like a conquering yeah. hero. But I'm looking at, at your mom, at your sisters, and I'm like, wow, that has to be so bewildering. Not, again, not necessarily a negative, but it's like they're – you go from one place to the other, and mainly, I guess, with your sisters. How old? What grades are they in right now? They are in eighth and ninth, or seventh and eighth grade. Yeah, and so yeah. you know, you go from this sort of oasis, and then all of a sudden, you're on this tarmac, and everybody's going crazy, and you're probably exhausted and tired, and it's probably kind of bewildering. I'm just curious for the that personal part of it from your perspective, as you were watching the same. Were you? you I was were, there. Yeah. You were there. Yeah, yeah. It, it was interesting. Uh, it was awesome to see all the support that he had. Um, you know, everybody came out. We. We actually saw a ton of our old um, friends, you know, our neighbors and stuff that we grew up with. They were there. So it was really cool to see them and um, how welcoming back they were. Uh, you know, and my sisters, they were born there, but they don't really remember any of it. Uh, so it's it's been new for them, uh, you know, but they're adapting and, you know, sports always, you know, make it easy uh, transitioning, especially at a young age like that. So, you know, they've they've had a lot of fun playing softball and basketball, and they've actually done a really good job um, too, so... You know, just seeing them slowly adapt, uh, I guess kind of at times it's hard, um, you know, making new friends, but but they've done a really good job. And, you know, my, my dad's always been a thousand percent supportive and, and nurturing of them. Uh, you know, you got to raise girls a little bit differently than the way he raised yeah. us. So, um, yeah, they've, they've done a really good job. What I mean, I remember seeing him at softball games because a few years ago my daughters were in the same Mm-hmm. Softball league over over at Nettles Park, and his persona away from <laughs> away from this these football offices is totally different. Yeah. And he's Mister Doting Father, and he's very approachable. Um, right. What what what's that what's that been like for you to see the other side of him far more often than 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 uh, than most people do? Oh, I mean, you just you, you see his passionate about life, and it's not just football, and it's. You know, it's not the only thing that, that drives him, uh, and he's he's just really relationship driven, and um, you know, passionate about people, and, and um, you know, nurturing his daughters and whatnot, and you know, he'll go to those games and stuff, and you know, it's not that he's a totally different person. He's just passionate about something else in a different way than football is, you know, on Saturdays uh, or during the week. Um, so it's it's been really good to see that. When did he? So he told his story initially publicly for the first time. At a, an event, a ripple of one mm-hmm. event that, that he was asked to go speak at, and that's for, I guess, a support group for um, victims of domestic abuse and such. Curious, when did he share that with with, with his with you guys, with the kids? Um, you know, he would talk a little bit about it uh, every now and then. You know, I I knew his childhood was, you know, not you know optimal preference, uh, especially. You know, compared to mine, uh, it, it was totally different. Um, but I just, he would always talk about, you know, how he would um, take notes as a kid, and, you know, kind of what he wanted for his family uh, that he didn't get to have. And, you know, just a loving and supporting father um, who was there, you know, for us is what he didn't get to have. And, you know, just you know, holidays and stuff that were always destroyed by, you know, 
drugs or alcohol within the family and you know he would just you know he would just take notes and be like I'm not going to have this for my family and you know when I get to a position of of power I'm going to do something about this and uh, so just a complete turnaround of what his childhood was um, was like kind of everything that he could ask for as a kid he kind of gave to me which was um, I'm trying not to get emotional yeah, but yeah, yeah. It, was, it, was, it was just um, special and so I'm, I'm like forever forever appreciative um, you know of what he did it's wild like I guess I sort of caught wind of him sharing that at the Ripple of One event and that was probably a year before we I actually approached him about telling the story further and um, uh, you know when he's in <laughs> I had to wait until after the season because during the season it's like yeah 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 <laughs> right always <laughs> we'll, on go we'll, we'll get to it we'll get to it oh yeah yeah okay, okay well when <laughs> right <laughs> and, and so I'm like I don't know if this is going to happen just because he's always so locked in and then uh, spring break of 19, he, I think he might have texted me. He said, hey, man, you want to come over to the house on Monday? And I'm like, oh, holy crap. This guy's actually yeah. inviting me over. And so go to the house, and we kick back. And he talk, we talk about a bunch of other stuff for about an hour and a half. And he goes, oh, crap. I got to go. I got I got to go get a boat because uh, we got to go take the boys out. We're looking at a boat. And I'm like, well, what about <laughs> yeah. what about telling the story? He goes, "Oh, just hit me up tomorrow." So <laughs> I hit him up the next day. He doesn't respond, and I'm like, "I don't think this is going to happen." Well, so maybe late that week, he calls me and he goes, "All right, I'm ready." Yeah. And so I'm like, "Okay." So I find my recorder, hit record, and he talks for two and a half hours. Right. And you know the most personal stuff as you know mm-hmm. that you can imagine and so normally the routine for a media person or a sports writer is I sit there and write the story in my voice you know but I'm like I, I can't do this like this is this is his story and so just basically we transcribed the entire thing and let it we told the story in his, his words mm-hmm. only but like stuff like um, stuff that comes to mind like government cheese and yeah he used to always talk about that how they I don't know where they'd pick it up, but he'd talk about that was like one of the best days of the week or the month, whatever it was. They'd go pick up the cheese, the big old block of cheese, um, and they'd make just a cheese sandwich with just cheese and bread, mm. no meat. And I'm like, that, that's rough. That's hard. Yeah. And, you know, just. But they were so thankful for um, you know such the little things that they got to hold mm-hmm. on to. Another another part that stands out for sure is is when he he his his mother. Uh, told him that that her I guess her boyfriend had had, had, had beaten her and he goes he, he goes and finds the guy at yeah, a bar actually, and whips I, his ass. I did not know that until I read that wow. story. Um, you know, I just, I can only imagine how rough that was on him. I, mean, I know how close um, he was with his mom, mm-hmm. so he was very protective of her. So uh, a writer in Oklahoma, um, I forgot his his, his name doesn't. Uh, doesn't ring a bell right now, but he basically wrote a similar uh, story in August, I believe it was, and I think he even talked to you. Um, but he called me asking for my insight about, you know, what did coming to Clemson do for your dad? And I really, and please agree, disagree, or add to it, but I believe that uh, the, 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 I guess, spirit, spiritual connection, um, the nurturing off the field and all that, really allowed your dad to not be ashamed of sharing a story like that and actually to say, hey, this is it. This is a part of me. This is who I am, so I'm not going to be afraid or embarrassed to share it with whoever wants to hear it. Is that the gist of, as you're explaining the same thing of why your dad chose to come here and what that decade here meant to him? Is that, does that sort of hit on it? Yeah, I think, um, you know, he was always the passionate, energetic, and nurturing guy, um, you know, but I guess, you know, as he was here over time, he kind of opened up more about, you know, his upbringing and whatnot and kind of came to terms with it. And I think, you know, that, you know, Coach Sweeney having a similar um, story kind of, you know, helped him do that. Can we go back to the decision to come here? Um, pretty fascinating. How, how old were you at the time? If you... um, it was 2000, January 2012, right? I mm-hmm. think, right mm-hmm. after the Orange Bowl. Um, Yes, I was 10. Okay. Yeah. And so I I remember I went to basketball practice 
and it was like a late at night and my mom came to talk to me and was like what would you think about doing this and she was just trying to get a feel for how me and Jake were um and I guess I don't know we wanted something new or something I don't know and we were, we were like yeah sure whatever we don't care <laughs> yeah. we, were, we were Ted we didn't know yeah. we just wanted a plane ticket across the country <laughs> uh, so yeah I mean we didn't know and, and um, so she was just getting a feel for it and that that was like the first time that I had really heard about it um, was that like night after back to basketball practice in January um, and then you know next thing you know they were on a plane out here touring um, and then I kind of realized it was really going to happen and I was going to move and then so I moved I think on like March 1st, you know, he'd already been living here for two months, uh, in the Marriott. And Mm so, yeah, we finally came out here and we were in a little condo for a while. Um, but I just remember it was, moving was pretty rough. I'm not going to lie. It was hard. Um, just trying to, you know, kind of make new friends and stuff, but it's, I mean, I was in fourth grade, so it was pretty easy. Just go out to the recess and throw the football (laughs) around and then you find out names. So, and they tell me who your dad is. <laughs> yeah, right. It, yeah, it was pretty good. And I came in midway through the year, so it, a lot of people knew that some sort of tie with football. I don't know mm-hmm. with Clemson. Um, so that it was it was interesting, um, you know. But just kind of trying to be there, um, really support him was probably the, the biggest thing that I tried to do. Is just you know try to act like I was totally content with it, whatnot, and making sure that he realized he didn't make the wrong decision or something like that. Um, so just trying to you know be upbeat about it you were obviously too young at the time to have a deep understanding of the decision but as i recall he, he wanted to he he had encountered a lot of a lot of heartache the previous year i believe it was his brother yeah. who passed mm-hmm. after he had spent a lot of time away from the oklahoma's team trying to help him uh alex box also i think i remember him saying he just wanted to spread his wings and go do something totally different. Is that how later on, as you matured into an adult, what, what you uh, picked up as well? Yeah, I, I remember um, that was a pretty rough year for him. Um, Take your time, man. It's but, okay. Um, yeah, I remember we used to always go up to um, Seminole, Oklahoma, me and Jake, and um, my dad and go spend time with uh, his brother Kirk he was he was such a smart dude um, I remember just being in his house one time and uh, seeing I don't remember what work he did but it was some sort of uh, I think he had a degree in kinesiology or something like that from Boulder mm-hmm. uh, and just seeing what all he did he was like wow like this is like incredible um, you know just it was really cool um, but we We'd take trips up to Seminole. I don't really, I think it was like two hours away or something like that um, at his facility he was at. Uh, just getting to spend time with him and, and, you know, we played baseball, basketball, football. We did every, everything that we could. Uh, we were outside hiking around, um, you know, looking for arrowheads and stuff. Uh, and so it was, it was really good to be with him. Um, and then, I, you know, just those two things had happened. Uh, and he was pretty distraught I know that uh, yeah this still this still is heavy all these years later yeah I mean, so it was a rough time and to, you know to kind of see him go through it it was it was really painful um, it was just you know it's just really sad still and still sticks with you all I presume definitely for sure um it, and it, the, his brother was alcohol mainly. Yes. Was, yeah. Um, what was your first memory of of Dabo? Like, I guess you might have watched him on TV. Um, you're old enough to to have a, an impression of him from I, that perspective. I think the first time I met him was actually on the staff ski trip out in Colorado, and so he had uh, my dad had already been on the staff for a month, and so we. We met him out uh, in Beaver Creek in Colorado. I just remember he was just a really uh, energetic, talkative, um, and you could just tell how full of life he was. Um, you know, the whole family. Uh, I met uh, Drew and Will and Clay out there too. Uh, so it was just really cool um, you know, to kind of see how family-oriented they were um, and how, you know, structured they were and, and you know, joyful and full of life. Um, that they were, I just remember that impacted me the most. Uh, 
as I recall, before before your dad was even on Debo's radar, he had already zeroed in on somebody else. Uh, he still won't say who <laughs> to be the to be the DC here. Uh, and then Terry Don Phillips, the former AD, um, he had actually interviewed your dad in 2008 huh. when he was when he before he hired Dabo to be the head coach here. He flew out to Oklahoma City. Yeah. And interviewed your dad when he was, was of course, still. And he was in, extremely impressed with him. I'm going off on a tangent here, but even <laughs> to this day, Terry Don says, when you ask him, okay, what if the Dabo experiment wouldn't have worked out in 2008? Who would you have hired? He says, I don't know. He said, but Brent Venables was pretty <laughs> high on the list. Yeah. Um, anyway, fast forwarding to January of, of 12, after the Orange Bowl, Terry Don says, I think, I think your dad called Terry Don and said, I might be interested. And so Terry Don goes to Dabo and says, hey, I don't know where you are with the hire. And Dabo says, I'm pretty close to making a hire. He says, well, just, just, give, just give Brent a call. And he writes his number down on a piece of paper and hands it to him. And so Dabo calls your dad that night, and they spend like three hours on the phone. They say it was almost like they were like courting each other or something. <laughs> kind of weird, but uh, do, do you um, – I guess, do you have a, like, I'm sure you've been told that story or maybe not. I, I definitely remember, um, that night being at our house and he was on the phone in our office and I just remember they were talking forever <laughs> and, you know, we had the TV on mute cause we didn't want it to be too loud. And, and, uh, you know, my mom was like, should be quiet. Like they're on the phone, like quiet. And then, so we were, we wanted to know what was going on. We were all excited. Uh, but I just remember it was, a, they were, it was a long time. I think I had to go to bed before they actually finished the phone call. So... So the next morning, what? I, you know, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't know. But I just remember soon after that was when stuff was really getting put in place and and it was becoming a reality for us. Um, and so just to sort of go back to the tenor of things in Norman at that time, OU's defense had a rough year, largely because you're playing against some amazing quarterbacks. Right. RG3, Whedon, I believe it was. Yeah. Maybe yeah. another one. can't recall, but some really good offenses and so some Oklahoma fans are like get him out of here and then Stoops brings in which Stoops brother? Mike. Mike. Your dad maintains you know no I didn't get pushed out and no I didn't have a problem with with the with having Mike back it was more along the lines of him he just wanted to go do his own thing. Yeah I I mean I know him and the Stoops brothers um because they they were uh together him and mike worked together for a while i was thinking 99 to 04 i believe uh and you know i would always ask about it and they were like um you know the best of friends all the soups brothers were mm-hmm. with with uh, my dad and and they were extremely close and and so you know he always felt like he wasn't really getting pushed out you know um and and uh you know they were actually gonna go do it again he was gonna have a lot of fun um uh dominating people again with you know both of them on staff uh, but I just, you know, I think with a lot of the stuff that was going on at the time, you know, he kind of, he needed the change. Uh, and, and, you know, God had led him to Coach Sweeney. Uh, and, you know, it kind of worked out for the best, you know, I think better than he could have ever wished for. Here in the moment, we know how hard, it's very um, uh, profound how hard it hits a program and a community when a sibling of a player, speaking of Brian Brzee, goes through great struggle and and, and then passes. Um, Got to be all, even more incomprehensible to lose a player uh, in, in Alex Box uh, under you who, who played. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Austin Box. Yeah. I apologize. No, you're good. Um, what do you remember from uh, from those days, from that, from that episode? Um, I remember being at a friend's house on a Thursday and it was after school and then I remember going home late that night and uh, I had kind of heard about it um, you know when I or I actually heard about it when I got home and, and my dad was just kind of sitting there um, and they were at the hospital I believe um, with Austin and you know it was just it was really sad and you know I could um just 
my mom was like, can you just give him a hug? And I gave my dad a hug and I didn't ask him any questions, you know, cause I was just kinda, you know, I didn't really want to talk. I, I was just, you know, I was 10 years old, so I didn't really know what to say. Um, and, you know, I just could see him hurt, you know, and of course, uh, you wake up the next morning and go to school and, you know, come back from school and it turns out his brother had just passed and, um, yeah, I could just hear him. Wow. Uh, I'd forgotten it was, well, within yeah, 24 hours. I remember coming home from school on Friday and, and he was crying and he was just really sad. So, you know, just both of those things, you know, those were pretty big things. Um, and it, you know, kind of took a toll on him and it was, it was just really sad to see him hurt. So. I remember your father telling me that even after he decided to take the job here, as difficult of a decision as that was, he actually, the, I think Bob Stoops came back and said, we're going to give you a raise, we're going to do all this stuff for you. And that he had actually said, okay, I'm, I'm staying. And he was going to call Dabo and, and tell him, he, sorry. And he gets home. And I don't know why this is so vivid in my mind, but he gets home and he said, your mom's cooking spaghetti for, din- <laughs> for dinner. And he says, she says, all right, what'd we decide? And he says, we're going to stay. And she, and it was, it was your mother who said, wait a minute. She reminded him of the feeling they had when they came here and, and how powerful it was. And that's what yeah. turned him back. Yeah. Um, he was, he was going to stay. And she was like, are you crazy? Like, <laughs> do you remember seeing that place and the people and whatnot? And, and then he was like, oh, wait a minute. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so it was pretty, it was, he actually, was going to the airport and he saw um i don't remember who he saw castiglione's wife Castiglione's wife that's right and he was like oh my gosh this is the wrong decision like it's a sign yeah right yeah and you know that was hard for him too you know to decide to get on that plane uh and come out to greenville or clemson wherever he flew into um but yeah i mean he he stuck with it and did it and it was mainly because you know my mom was like you remember that place you need to do it do you remember what it was like? Uh, it just occurred to me that your sisters are going through the exact same thing that you and Jake went through, sort of reversed. Yeah. yeah. Going um, out of your comfort zone into a foreign place for them. Yeah. They're, I think, a year or two older than what we were when we came out here. Um, you know, and I mean, it's hard on anybody on any age. Um, but, um, I mean, they've got a good support group around them. And, and uh, you know, Athletics always, you know, help out. You know, they're on the softball and, you know, baseball team and whatnot, or uh, basketball. And so they've done a really, they've had a lot of fun. And, you know, they've got the neighborhood kids that are around and stuff. So they just play outside a lot. And, you know, they, they've grown a little bit. So I uh, I remember last spring, my, my daughters run track for, for Daniel. And um, your, your sister did, which one? Um, Ran, ran track, Laney. Laney. Yeah. Um, before I noticed, before I saw you at the at the event, it was at Pendleton. I saw she, man, she was crushing it, and she because she had just started. Like you're like, man, this girl could yeah. could really do something. So I, I I took a video of her finishing, and I was about to send it to your dad. And then I look over, and I'm like, oh, his son's here. I'm sure he's gonna. Yeah. He's sure, he's gonna update him. What what was that like? As it still feels really weird. Like your 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 dad's gone. Your 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 mom and sisters are still here, and it's right. just this this strange existence, I guess. Um, you know, just kind of being more intentional. Uh, you know, going to stuff like that. You know, because it's you know kind of real. They're gonna you know kind of move away, and I'm not gonna really be able to be there um, as much for my sisters as what I would want. Um, but you know, just you know, video and stuff like that for her. And then you know, my dad was like texting me, blowing my phone up. Like, make sure you get this video of this. Make sure you can send me this. And I'm like, all right, I'll do that. And so I did that because um, he's always wanting to see it and encourage them. And, you know, she always wanted us there. Uh, both of them always wanted us there, you know, just seeing it and encouraging them and supporting them. And, you know, me and Jake were probably the loudest ones there screaming and yelling for her. Yeah. So it was good. He, Your dad had other opportunities before Oklahoma, including Auburn, uh, the year before, and I think I, I think 
when he turned that one down, I think your your sisters were like, well, why don't why didn't you pursue your dream? Like you tell us to pursue out pursue ours. What was your window into that as a, as an adult? That that process of him trying to figure out, like, should I should I do I really want to be a head coach? Or what was that conversation like? Um, when he turned that one down. I really thought that he was going to retire as a DC. Mm. I was like, he's going to be done. I was like, this is like the last one that you're going to get is what we were like kind of saying. We were thinking out loud. It was like, you know, you're probably, you might, if people might just really not even offer you a job anymore because, you know, they don't think you'll take it. And he was just like, you know, it's not the right feel. And, you know, he was (laughs) the mature one in the room who was like, I don't know. And, you know, and so, and then he was kind of like, no, I'm not going to do it. Uh, it's just, you know, it's just not the right one. And, you know, thankfully he did that. And, you know, the Oklahoma job came open and, and, you know, he did that one. Do you think he had the itch to be a head coach? Or was it more like, I am totally content have spending the, my entire career as a great coordinator. And I don't have to do that. And it was just the, the perfect opportunity that came along. I think it was a mix of both. Um, I don't think he needed to be a head coach uh, to mark off a box on his resume or something like that. I think, you know, he was just like, you know, kind of like, screw it. I might as well go use everything that I've learned under, you know, three Hall of Fame head coaches uh, and go try to apply it um, and and, and do my best and and put my best foot forward. And, you know, everything in my life that's, you know, taught me to be intentional with my time, I'm going to go do that and see how successful I can be. When Lincoln Riley, you, you hear the news, the bombshell that he is going to Southern Cal, what's your first thought? I, I didn't know. Um, I didn't really think much of it. And then, you know, a couple of days go around and then, you know, Twitter starts speculating. And I'm, so I'm like, okay, this is interesting. So I like, I was asking about it a little bit, you know, um, uh, you know, it wasn't much, though, and, and then, you know, finally they kind of – phone calls were always, you know, frequent about stuff like that, but, you know, it's not like they meant that he was going to sign the papers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, okay, so they're, they're on the phone. Let's see where this goes. Um, and then everything, you know, got set in place, and they, um, you know, their board and, you know, whoever else they flew out here, uh, the AD. Um, and then I was like, okay, this is probably going to happen, so – it was pretty interesting to see. So in the moment, as as the guy's son, you're not saying, "Hey, man, what's? Hey, Dad, what's? What's? Give me some inside." You're more giving him his distance, his space. Yeah, I was just kind of letting it all play out, um, you know, and uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just didn't ask many questions. I yeah. usually I asked my mom more <laughs> about it than I did my dad um, at first. Yeah, because you just on the phone so many times with so many people uh, about, you know, everything and stuff. And it was in such a short window, too. I was like, I'm not going to be somebody else, you know, trying to ask me questions. You know, whatever happens, happens. So, Even though it's the dream job, going back to Oklahoma, um, a place that your mother obviously uh, uh, still has a lot of connections, was it hard for her and even for him to an extent? Um, to leave something like this yeah it was it was it was hard um you know but I think that they really felt like it was their time and you know I, I mean I I did too I kind of just felt like it was just gonna happen it was supposed to happen and um you know I definitely definitely thought that he was ready you know I thought he was ready a while ago but you know I had full confidence and belief in him to go you know really build um a special program and um so it wasn't really – I don't think he was – you know, it was definitely hard on him to go and, and you know, lay a foundation um, at a place and stuff like that and implement your values and your, um, you know, what your program's going to stand for and, and and then all the budgeting and stuff or however that stuff works because I don't know. And, uh, you know, it was a lot of work and it's – I mean, it still is a lot of work for him too, um, but, but he enjoys every second of it. What has this year been like? I mean, they've, they've taken some, some – Pretty big gut punches. What's your perspective on that? Just yeah, as they, a- they they started out, you know, three and zero, and you know, people are always living in the highs and the lows, and so and then they go and drop three games, and 
So they go from like thinking, and I don't mean you know inside the program. I mean like you know just people across the the, the nation are like, oh, they're going to win a national championship, and mm-hmm. they were ranked like fifth, and and then they go and drop three games, and then they're the worst ever, and <laughs> they should be ranked 126 out of 126, and they're terrible, um, you know. But their whole program has had so much. Um, just from all the calls that I've had with my dad, just how committed the players have been uh, to trusting the process and, and their belief uh, in him and, you know, understanding that it takes what it takes. And um, he's had so much fun just, just seeing how much the guys have bought in um, to what he preaches and, um, you know, their commitment. And, you know, through the highs and the lows, they've you know, they've always had the same um, intensity and, and papi- or, or passion and purpose uh, for what they're doing and, you know, just really, really, um, you know, proud of what he's done so far. And, you know, I knew they weren't going to win a national championship their first year. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, you know, they, they just got to get um, more pieces of the puzzle aligned and they will, and it just takes time, um, you know, but I've got full confidence and belief that he can, you know, he can really do it. Those fans are intense. Not that Clemson fans aren't. Right. But, you know, you're lauded as the savior when you, you know, walk off the plane onto the tarmac and then, but it's not, not long when things start going the other way and it's like, they really start to turn. Is it more intense over there than it is here or maybe just the same all around? I wouldn't say more or less. I just think that they're, I mean, they're really passionate. You know, people have in every fan base, you know, there's um, people who are on, you know, opposite ends of the spectrum at times and really polarized but you know they've got a really good fan base um you know really structured and um really passionate um about you know their program's history and what they've been and they've you know they've been one of the winningest teams for the past 20 years something like that and, you know so um i guess expectations can be high at sometimes um you know but they're extremely passionate uh and, and they love their suitors one of the most int- things I was most interested to see of your dad as a head coach was sideline demeanor. <laughs> right. It, it, it's kind of jarring to see him keeping his cool and, and Mr. Yeah. Calm figurehead. What's that like for you? I was pretty interested to see it too, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, but just kind of seeing him there with his arms crossed and, you know, just the uh, – at I mean, he's, he's still definitely passionate uh, and, you know, energized and stuff and – I guess sometimes when the camera's not on him, he's you know he's over there on the bench and um, talking to players and juicing them up and and giving them encouragement. Uh, but most of the time, the camera's kind of caught him. And he's just kind of been, um, um, you know, not how he used to be. I guess. Yeah. Do you remember when you truly started feeling like Clemson was okay? This is home. This is uh, I'm not missing Norman anymore. This, this feels like probably three or three-ish years after we moved mm-hmm. um you know that just takes time and getting a network of friends and stuff and you know it took a little bit to get uh but you know I kind of just stayed with it and pushed through and it was good 14 15 16 and then all the greatness beyond what was that like just being a part of that um the 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 ascent of a program from pretty good slash really good to historically great um, yeah, it was. I mean, it was really cool to see. Uh, it was, you know, just to see the, you know, from defensively as a perspective, you know, just the, the commitment that you know my dad has had to his unit and you know his responsibility and um, the toll it takes on him and, and stuff and how exhausted he could be when he'd come home at times uh, and how or beat up he'd be from being Jimmy Greenbees as the quarterback <laughs> and. He'd have a bone sticking out of his finger or something, or he's concussed because Christian Wilkins freaking um, suplexed him or something. Really? Stuff, well, he got like high load on accident or something, uh, but he did get hit. Yeah, he got. I mean, or he'd throw the ball and he'd hit his finger off somebody's helmet and break it. Um, you know, he he's just really passionate about what he did and you know the intensity and of what it took to you know kind of build a, a great unit like that. Um, you know. There's no shortcuts to doing it, and he understood that. Uh, and I was just, it was just really cool to see. We've talked about off the field, spring break, summer vacations. There are times when he can be totally dad and, and totally engaged. But during a season, what is that like 
when you already mentioned he comes home late, exhausted, all that. Are there any pockets where he's, is it a Sunday morning and that's pretty much it or a Thursday night or? Yeah, thir- Thursday nights were always, he was, I just remember he'd be out a little bit earlier. Um, <laughs> you know, but he'd have his his cards of, you know, what an offense was going to do, what an offense was going to do all drawn up on the counter. He's just sitting there and I'd go over and look at him and stuff with him. Um, you know, Sunday mornings he always had time too. Um, but he was really good at, you know, kind of flipping the switch, I guess, from, you know, family football and stuff like that. And he'd be able to transition really easily when he got home um, and stuff and kind of be focused on us, which when he, I don't even know how he had the energy to do it, but he did. So, you know, it's really appreciative of that. You mentioned all the cards. Was that really the, the essence of what made them great is just spotting every single tendency out of every different formation possible and then being able to apply it on on game day uh yeah and then you know just kind of you know getting the guys to follow suit in that and you know having their leadership step up and stuff um you know you think about like bullware in in, um 16 especially just you know how much tape he watched and stuff and uh you know that all flows from leadership and stuff and then commitment from the guys too of course uh but he was just he did a really good job of you know, getting guys to buy in and, and understanding that there's not any shortcuts and, you know, you can't not watch enough tape and stuff like that. And then, you know, being extremely detailed and precise um, on every play. Um, so he was just really good at doing stuff like that. Bullware quit in 14 <laughs> yeah, uh, because he wasn't, he wasn't getting any uh, as much. I guess he wasn't starting when he thought he should have been. And Venables, your dad laughed at him uh, as he, after yeah. he told him he quit. So no, you're not. Yeah. And then... In hindsight, Ben is, is able to say that's the most important figure in my football life. Um, and one hilarious thing is he said a big part of it is he was terrified of him. And the thing he was most terrified of was the white foam in the corner of your dad's <laughs> mouth. When yeah. he saw that, he knew he was going to get his ass kicked. Yeah. Um, my dad was really hard on Ben. I know that, um, you know, for better or for worse. But he was, you know, he was just an unbelievably committed guy. And, um you know, <laughs> it's pretty funny to say, that, you know, I quit. Then he laughs at you and says, no, you're not. <laughs> um, yeah, but a lot of guys, you know, have have that and they go through that. And, you know, they're not playing enough and it's not working out the way they want it to. But, you know, he always had a good vision um, of, you know, just kind of trusting the process and just stacking days uh, and taking, you know, one step at a time. And, you know, surely enough, it'll all add up in the end. I remember Kendall Joseph saying that he just never – stop coaching that even at the hotel on a Friday night yeah. that, that they'd be sitting there he, your dad would call him and he would he'd be trying to show him something and he would see his face in the in the screen he was just like you know late late into a night that you were supposed to you know normally be relaxing and yeah and we used to um, me and me and Jake used to go over to the uh, the hotel room um, back middle school middle school um, and then yeah, it was elementary school, middle school before my high school games. Um, but he would always have his computer set up there, and he'd be watching till you know, like, 1 o'clock in the morning, just sitting there, just going over a couple games or, you know, just getting, you know, every ounce of every minute in because um, he just realized, you know, it's just whatever you're doing, it's just it's never enough. And, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what he embodied most is just, um, you know, it takes what it takes, and you can never discount it, and, you know, you can always do more. So that's kind of just what it, what it taught me, uh, just seeing him 24-7, always on go. He's been back to a couple of games? Yeah, he um, he came back to the La Tech game and and the Syracuse game. Syracuse. Yeah. yeah, so that was good to see him there. Uh, that has to be strange for him. Yeah, I'm sure he's sitting there uh, itching with his leg twitching and trying <laughs> to, uh, you know, yell at us or something. Um, but, I mean, that's kind of how he kind of is with – I mean, every single game that he watches, uh, whether it was a bye week and it's a random team or East Popcorn State, you know, he's sitting there like, oh, look at the draw. Here it comes. Uh, your screen, screen. They're saying stuff like that. Uh, so he's always just locked in or he'll be, you know, standing, like looking at the TV three inches from it while we're all sitting on the couch. I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, you can, you can watch it the same view from here. Um, but he's always, he's always um, you know, just trying to put himself in the scenario. And, I, you know, I think that's just kind of why he's, been so successful because he just kind of tries to put himself in that moment like it's it's him calling it um or otherwise he's going to get fired like that's how much intensity and pressure he can put on himself um 
but he just does so good underneath all that pressure. What's the most pissed off he, he's ever been with you? Ooh. <laughs> um, I remember one time I I mouthed off and said something about because he wanted me to take the trash out or. I don't know, pick the leaves up in the yard or something. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. Um, but I just mouthed off and said something. Um, so, I, yeah, I was, I was grinding for about a, a month or something like that. He, like, laughed at me. You said, what? All right. He's, All right, here, you're done. It's over. What's no over? friends, no phone, no nothing, no car. <laughs> you sound good. just like him, man. Yeah, he's like, good. It's done. <laughs> okay. Stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, I mean... I, I lived a pretty disciplined uh, childhood, you know, and understanding that structure and, you know, respecting um, authority, I guess, you know, cause every kid really needs that. I'm, I hated it in the moment, but I really appreciate it now. Uh, you know, the discipline that he kind of instilled in me, and I, I still barely have any of it, any of it, um, <laughs> like 10% of what he actually has, um, but, you know, he's just kind of taught me all that. Did I hear you injured yourself on a, in a moped accident? I did. You can see my face. Yeah. That, oh my god, that's from that. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, my face has a pretty big scar on it uh, underneath my left eye, and then above my left eye too. I got seven stitches uh, low or below it, and then three above it. Oh my god. So yeah, I was right there on perimeter, um, and this car in front of me had stopped suddenly, and I was just kind of uh, enjoying the uh, the moped ride a little bit too much, looking around, enjoying the breeze, and then next thing you know, I went face first into the bumper. What? Yeah, the moped's fine though. I took all the damage on my face, so. And then your ankle was that not from that, the wreck? No, that was just a small thing from you know another game. Uh, but it was oh. it wasn't that wasn't bad. I was wearing the boot actually when I was on the moped, <laughs> so it was pretty ironic, pretty funny. Um, but I learned my lesson, you know, just kind of keep your distance and. Be a little bit more on guard and, uh, you know, use your brakes. Were you wearing a helmet? <laughs> no, I was not. Okay, you, you didn't mention wearing a helmet. That's I one of the lessons. You know, if you see the guy with the uh, the Clemson football helmet, that's probably me driving around now because <laughs> I learned it, my lesson. What, 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 do you, what do your coaches say to the team about, about mopeds? They're so prevalent. I'm just in scooters uh, and all that. <laughs> Coach Weed actually saw me in the meeting. I looked like I was freaking Tony Montana from Scarface. <laughs> oh, uh, and I was, And he was just like, oh, you mean – guys we just got to be careful and um you know and, and uh you know just be more safe and stuff and and so nothing like serious but you know just you guys got to be careful and if you're going to ride one to class you got to be careful and you got to um do what it takes to be careful why not wear a helmet i don't know i just i think i just didn't want to mess my hair up or something so <laughs> yeah if you're in the eastern midlands and pd area and you're in any way interested in buying and selling a home commercial property, land, need to consider reaching out to Uptown Realty. They're based out of Sumter and run by a friend of mine, Patrick Enzer, big Clemson guy, used to cover the Tigers in a newspaper capacity, longtime supporter of Tiger Illustrated, longtime listener to the Dubcast. The home buying process should be an enjoyable experience, so let Patrick and his staff do all the heavy lifting. All you got to do is pick up the phone and call 803-774-0435 or go to Uptown Realty SC. When you're ready for a complete renovation in your home or business, open the door to more with Harris Home and Harris Commercial. Their local experience team will totally transform any room space from beautiful floor coverings to construction to finished details. Harris handles every step of your renovation process, whether it's a kitchen or living room or an industrial or educational setting, like some of the positively stunning work they've done at Clemson University. Go to discoverharris.com and experience a total renovation transformation from Harris Home and Harris Commercial. Want to share a quick word about Founders Federal Credit Union. If you've been to a sporting event in Clemson, you've probably heard about Founders already. They are the official credit union partner of the Clemson Tigers. In addition to that, all Clemson faculty, staff, and students are eligible for membership as well as IPTA members. Matt Gross is a proud Clemson alum and the vice president for the Clemson market for Founders Federal Credit Union. Matt's office is located beside the Walmart neighborhood market on Old Greenville Highway in Clemson. For more information, go to foundersfcu.com. Um, you, you mentioned all these vivid images of injuries your dad suffered on the practice field. I want to hear some firsthand accounts of the craziest stuff that you actually saw in some of these instances of him getting involved with Jimmy Green Beans and all that stuff, or maybe just tearing somebody apart. Um, biggest Jimmy Green Beans one during a scout team I didn't see, but it was the the Christian one, I think. Uh, and 
he got like high load and flipped on accident because they were running a blitz and he like stepped up into the blitz and got freaking smashed. So um, I think he was a little bit woozy from that hit actually for a while. Uh, he might have thrown up. Wow. But he was trying to act like it didn't phase him because uh, he didn't want to give those guys, uh, he didn't want to give Christian any credit um, or any trash talk that he could do. So he was trying to act like it didn't hurt. Um, and then another one, he was actually being Jimmy Green Beans at my sister's softball practice. And he was uh, playing center field and he was trying to catch a ball. <laughs> and I guess he was, he had the glove on his left hand, but he tried to catch it with, like, with both hands so he could throw it in real quick. And it missed and hit his right middle finger and broke the bone out of it. And he's just walking around with the bone sticking out. And he's like, I might have to go to the hospital. I'm like, wow. yeah, you do. You need to go get that freaking fixed. Um, so, yeah, it was he, was he was adamant on finishing practice, though. I'm like, dude, this is a, like, 10 under softball practice. You need to go home. <laughs> so stuff like that. It was pretty funny, though. But he's just always just really intense and, and really passionate. Um about anything he does, and that just kind of shows. What's he like on the lake as a as driving the boat? <laughs> he used to destroy us tubing. Um, uh, I just remember we, I mean, me and Jake loved it. Um, you know, we'd like put wrist tape on and stuff, and you know, he'd throw us around on the tube and stuff. But um, um, for my sisters, not so much, not as intense. Um, you know, but he still he still does it, and then you know, he'll take his little jet ski cruise or whatever. Um, so he's kind of laid back a little bit now that we're older, and he can't destroy us on a tube anymore. Um, but he still he still enjoys the moment. Now that he's at another job, and now that there are coaches here who replaced him and a whole new staff, does he have to keep his distance sort of professionally when he comes back? Like, I mean, how, how does that work? I mean, not that y'all are the two programs are competitors, but you kind of are. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think he would go up into our you know meeting rooms and start drawing stuff up. Um, but yeah, you know, he just keeps his distance. Um, I guess a little bit, not not really. But I mean, yeah, it's it's not like he would go up to the meeting rooms and draw stuff up. But um, you know, he just kind of just views what we're doing, I guess. And you know, um, just, I mean, the past couple of games, he just kind of watched and you know enjoyed and you know told us we've done a great job and stuff. So stuff like that. In the immediate aftermath of him leaving, of Todd Bates leaving, Ted Roof leaving, Miguel Chavis leaving, it was kind of a touchy situation in some respects. You had, uh, I think, Miguel tweeting, hey, we didn't leave the defense in South Carolina, baby. And people were – I know they people on the outside angry. were ticked. And some people on the inside yeah, were um, ticked. Yeah, Miguel is always just um, upbeat and going. And I don't think he meant anything bad by it. But I could definitely see how some people perceived it in the wrong way. Um, you know, but I mean, I know Miguel didn't mean anything by it. Uh, but, uh, you know, just those were a bunch of good dudes um, who left. And, um, you know, I think Coach Weenie did a great job um, with, with putting people in position uh, to empower us as players. Um, you know, it's kind of replaced them. And, and you know, it's, it's just been really good. How much do you think he's modeling that program from what he – learned and experienced here i mean a lot of you know i mean similar slogans and things like that i think he's taken everything that he's learned from you know snyder to coach stoops uh to coach weenie and, and try to somewhat blend it all together but you know i think you know coach weenie and you know the program he's built he's been under it for the past 10 years uh, my dad was under it for the past 10 years and it's like you know he was in every single meeting every single you know team meeting staff meeting you know with a notebook writing stuff out even stuff that he's already heard for you know a thousand times over he's going to continually write it out um and he was always challenging me to do that and i never really i didn't write anything down uh really for my first uh, year and a half here then i finally was like you know what i'm going to go into these meetings and be intentional and do something you know buy a notebook and you know it worked for my dad it's what he's been doing and why don't i try it even though he's been hearing it over and over again why don't i write it out um, and, you know, I, I just know if I was going to go start a program somewhere, I would take that notebook, um, you know, with everything that I've learned from Coach Sweeney uh, and do it because it's just so um, it's just so powerful and true, uh, you know, and, and everything is built off of attitude um, and, you know, just belief and, you know, just Coach Sweeney's incredible belief, um, you know, one in himself and. And then two, in his players, and, and then um, in me, has just had such a profound impact 
um, like on my whole life mm. and, you know, just how much I've grown, um, because of this program and, and it all starts with attitude and belief. And, you know, that's just what coach Wheaty preaches. And so I would go start my program on the same things too. Um, and then, you know, and then he always talks about, you know, your best and not, not your competitor's best or, you know, what, what's the best, but you know, your personal best and, you know, whatever the result you can get, you can live with that. Um, you know, and that, that's like so true. And so, you know, it's just, he always is, you know, every team meeting that we get, um, you know, Coach Sweeney is just pouring into young people and, and inspiring and empowering us, um, you know, to be our absolute best. And he's just so intentional with doing so. And I'm just so grateful I can be in a place, you know, like Clemson under the leadership of Coach Sweeney, you know, where he's doing that and where he's empowering players uh, 24-7 um, and believing in us, you know, and, and telling us that he believes in us. And, you know, it it doesn't go unnoticed, and you know, I I never stop appreciating what he does. Is the biggest testament to the culture here and that empowerment and all the things you've we're just talking about the fact that you chose to stay here? Yeah, I mean, it's just you know, his his leadership is 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 um it's really special, uh, and and it all stems from his belief. Is what I mean. I think you know he comes into every team meeting with the word believe, and you know it's everything he does with a purpose and you know there's there's times when he'll stay stuff when he'll say stuff and I'm like I don't know if I believe that <laughs> but he like he believes it with his whole heart and he's so passionate about it and then you know it'll it's like okay you might be right and you know it's just it's so uh contagious you know for a culture in a good way um and it's been the same way for me um you know my past two and a half years here when your dad takes the job I think everybody on the outside assumes, oh, well, Tyler's going with him. I think even Debo himself assumed you were going with him. Did yeah. you assume you were going with him initially? <laughs> yeah, I kind of did. Um, I don't. I I didn't know. I don't know. Yeah. And um, you know, it's just it would have been a lot to have to go and kind of restart. And you know, he's got to go reinstill his values and stuff. And you know, I just knew that was going to take a lot. Um, and you know, I just felt too at home here in Clemson. And just you know, it's just it's too special of a place to you know, need to leave. So I, I felt no, you know, I was like, I'm just going to stay here. This is fun. <laughs> so yeah. this is my place to be. Are you going to be a coach? No? I swore that I wouldn't. Uh, my first, I've actually only really started to want to since, you know, January. I don't know why, but I swore I would never do it. And, you know, just, I was like, oh, it takes too much time. And, oh, it's too volatile and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I, I, I've started to like it a lot more um, from that aspect and, you know, just talking to, you know, some graduate assistants around here and stuff. And, um, you know, I could definitely see myself doing it and being a part of a team and, and you know, putting the extra work in and, and being very intentional with your relationships from, you know, recruits to the players on the current, you know, team and the staff and how you guys all flow together. Um, and then, you know, just kind of coaching defense as a whole, I it's it's – pretty entertaining to me so it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility so since january what is the what, what started happening in I january I don't, I don't know maybe it was um you know my dad going to oklahoma i'm not really sure and i kind of just found uh, the love for it you know for myself um a little bit more so i guess that could be it the up in the interview session you had with the media earlier um you start you got kind of emotional talking about brian and what he's been going through so like you know after the week or two in the middle of all that the world moves on brian definitely doesn't move on and a lot of the a lot of his loved ones with the team don't move on what is that what has that been like because it's not like he just oh he comes back and he's right back I mean, to normal it's just impossible i can only imagine uh how difficult that is for him and you know his whole family and his sisters um, they're just they're such loving people and uh, outgoing and you know his his um, Richie and his mom Megan are just uh, such passionate people and and we 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 went up to Maryland um, I think I've been with Brian um, three times I went my freshman year um, and then I went probably six months ago um, to go see Ella with him 
and I just, you know, just how incredibly supportive that they are and, and how they lean on each other, um, you know, in times of struggle like this. And, um, and then just, you know, how positive Brian's really been during all of it. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm kind of just in awe of, of how, um, you know, he's just gone through it and, you know, he's kind of leaned on some of us and, you know, we've, we've just leaned right back on him. Um, you know, just how, how passionate and how loving of people he is and, uh, how much energy he's always got, you know, he's always on go and, and, uh, you know, just that whole family, you know, um, they've all kind of been down here, um, a good bit since, um, you know, it's just kind of getting to see them and, you know, giving them hugs and stuff. And, you know, I, see, I, I think I've seen them at, like, every single Tiger walk. Mm-hmm. And the, just how incredibly supportive they are of Brian. Um, it's just really cool to see. The, the team and the stadium and the community is about to honor Ella before the – or during the – was the Furman game? Yeah, they were. She was going to be in the coin toss. And then I guess a couple of days before, maybe the day before, she – takes a turn for the worse, has a seizure, and uh, people who were around the team even before that game just said, man, this has been a massive gut punch. Can can you just reflect on, you know, everybody on the outside saying, okay, how's the defense going to look today and, and, and focused on the results, whereas y'all are dealing with just far <laughs> more powerful things yeah, it, at the time. It was, um, it was tough. Uh, I think it was I think it was Friday morning. Um, that she had to go to the hospital, and they were all, they were all down here, um, ready to go to the game, and they had you know a bunch of family and friends in town uh, to go and see Ella, and um, you know just kind of took a turn for the worst, and and uh, very sudden, and you know Coach Weedy kind of kept the whole team updated, and you know me and DJ and RJ and Ryan were kind of texting uh, Brian to see you know what was going on, and. I just didn't want to text too much because you just didn't really want to overstep. And uh, he had to leave the hotel, and then he came back late that night uh, from Greenville, and it was just really hard on him. But I mean, he knew uh, that she would want him to play, um, and so he did it. And I mean, I mean, that takes a lot, a lot of strength to to be able to do, and you know, go compete at this level with something so severe going on, um, you know, but. You know, he found her strength from her, and, and he was like, she wants me to do this, so I'm going to do it. As, as you talk about your possibly getting into coaching later, as we're talking about your dad, as we're talking about Coach Sweeney, th- there's nothing in a manual that, that teaches you how to handle as a, as a leader, as a, a, as a leader of a bunch of 100, 200-something people, how to handle something like that. And, and one thing that sticks out was – uh, at least from the outside looking in, was um, when y'all started the Tiger Walk, how Dabo gathered with Brian and a few others and said, "Hey, man, we're 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 with you. We are, you know." And I'm sure behind the scenes that that Coach Sweeney really showed some extraordinary, I guess, improvisational qualities as well, just in 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 helping shepherd everybody, not just Brian, through that. Right. Yeah. It was. I mean, it was hard on a lot of people. Um, and. You know, just how he how he supported Brian and you know how he um, you know kind of guided us with his wisdom um, you know it was really needed for a lot of people and you know sometimes just you know life is just you know it's confusing and um, you know to have uh, a voice of reason like coach Sweeney there you know it was it was good for a lot of people do you feel like this defense is I mean it's been kind of wobbly at times this season, wobblier than, than, than people thought. Do you think the open date has given everybody an opportunity to reassess, recharge, um, and you feel like the, what what you guys expected of yourselves coming into the season is still attainable? Um, absolutely, I think so. Um, I think that some people had kind of set some expectations, uh, you know, but we, you know, we as a whole defense haven't really taken a lot of snaps together, um, you know, before the season especially uh you know with you know you get you think about uh, 2021 with that defense uh you know you had Andrew Booth you had Mario you had Nolan um Balin and Jamie who had all taken you know Mm -hmm. at least like 500 Mm -hmm. stabs plus together Mm -hmm. uh so they really flowed well off of each other uh you know because they knew and they could trust each one um you know they could trust where they were going to be and that they were going to do their job and uh, and do whatever, 
and so you know we're just like a we're not necessarily a young defense but we're just with experience with each other we're pretty young um and we just you know we just hadn't taken um a ton of reps and um together and you know the chemistry was it started off kind of slow but you know we've only gotten um stronger and stronger i think as the year has gone by uh and you know just kind of flowing and feeding off of each other and trusting one another and just building the trust i mean we kind of knew it was going to be ugly uh but you know you have to do it um and you know you you do it through failure and and you know going back to the drawing board and then doing it right um and it just takes rep after rep after rep um in order to do it and you know we've only we've only gone up um since the season's uh progressed and you know i think we're going to peak at the right time um so We'll be fine. It's interesting. To your point, in 2018, 96%. The guys who started the season, started the first game of the season on defense, started 96% of the yeah. time of over 15 games, whereas you've had 17 different guys on defense start because of all the attrition right. and moving and parts. Yeah, you just got, you know, um, our backers are pretty young, and, you know, they haven't they haven't played with our safeties, and our safeties haven't played, you know, as much with our corners and stuff. And so that all feeds into chemistry. And then even our D-line, I think – up until a couple weeks ago, we hadn't played with, I believe it was Brian, XT, yep. and TD, I think. They all three hadn't been on the, on the field at the mm-hmm. same time for, like, maybe four reps or something like that. It was something weird like that. And so that's just, a, uh, I mean, a testament to, you know, how little reps we've all taken together, um, but how good that, you know, I think that we're going to be and how we're going to peak at the right time. And as our chemistry keeps growing and and our trust keeps growing with one another, um, we'll be set in the long run. Tyler, you've given me a lot of your time. I'm eternally grateful. <laughs> I appreciate it, yeah. Thank, Thank you, you for your patience. But, man, great, great stuff. Really enjoyed uh, catching up with you. Yeah, I appreciate it. It is amazing how much he sounds like his father. I'm sure he's told that a lot. Really appreciate Tyler visiting with us. Also, of course, appreciate the support of our very loyal sponsors. And most of all, thanks to every single one of you for hitting that play button. Really appreciate it. Everybody have a great weekend. Should be fun. Cheers.